Remember the 89 Super Bowl? 49ers Bengals. Niners down by three, 320 left in the game. 93-yard winning drive. Taylor beats the weak safety for a 10-yard TD. Yeah, but before the drive, Joe Montana's in the huddle, right? And unbelievably, somehow spots the actor John Candy in the stands and points at him and asks the guys in the huddle, hey, isn't that, isn't that John Candy? They couldn't believe the ball's on him to be that calm in that game at that moment. His guys instantly relax. They march. Um, 93 yards. 93 yards. Montana throws a little slant to Taylor. 49ers win the Super Bowl. Great game. It was a great game. No one can stop a ticking clock, but the great ones, the great ones always find a way to slow it down. and welcome to the main event. Yeah, I used that clip from uh, the movie Draft Day. You know, I was looking for a clip about Cleveland because Monday starts the Republican convention and uh, the city of Cleveland, I'm sure, is going to be a a, uh, a fiasco of uh, protest and celebration and some exciting stuff. I wish I could take the week off and just watch uh, all the speeches all week, but uh, I have to work. So, uh, you know, the Democrats will be there because they don't have jobs protesting, but I have to work. So um, I won't be able to watch it all. I have to see the highlights or watch them on YouTube, watch them on YouTube later. But, you know, so, uh, I love that clip about being able to slow things down. And I'm going to and I'm and I'll describe that when we talk about uh, talk about the uh, the Dallas shooting last week when I get into that in just a little bit. But uh, we're going to talk about the Dallas shooting. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, just all kinds of all kinds of stuff that's happened this week uh, from Dallas to uh, to France. But first, before I go any further, let me introduce myself. My name's Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, home of the 20-day close. Offices in Marino Valley, our corporate office in Marino Valley, offices in Temecula, Corona, Downey, Westlake Village, and Covina to service all of your real estate financing needs. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and there are lots of fantastic opportunities, especially if you already have a loan and it's uh, you got mortgage insurance on it, or you've got and you've got or you've got a higher rate than uh, you know four percent or the or the high threes. Um, interest rates are fantastic. Um, whether it's your uh, you want to buy a house to live in, you want to buy a house for one of your kids, you want to co-sign for them so they'll move out, buy a vacation home, buy an investment property, or uh, or if you're a senior, you want to do one of them reverse mortgage things, or just find out more about them. Call me toll free at eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. That's eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. And one last time, day or night, toll free area code eight five eight five five. 640-2020. If you want to get some information, but you don't want to talk on the phone yet, 
because you don't want to not have answers to a question I'll ask, or you don't want your neighbor at work to know you're stealing time from your boss. Now wait till your government mandated 15 minute break or your lunch lunch break or a call after work uh, or go on to uh, uh, edhoffman.net. Click on uh, apply now, put in as much information as you want me to have and uh, put in the uh, how much information you want and you'll hear back from myself or one of my teammates, Matt Bradbury, Randy Sampius, Alex Rojas, Justin Clark, or Eric Marquez. Our team's getting bigger because we're getting busier. <clears throat> Got to make sure I can still service you guys. Uh, just uh, put in all your information and we will call you back. Tell us how you want us to contact you. Phone, text emails, smoke signals, uh, uh, ESP telepathy, tele telepathy. Is that how they call it? Say it. You know, um, you will send you, we'll send you some vibes over the, over the, uh, the airwaves and you can just telepathically pick it up. Um, if you hear something you want repeated, you can, uh, hear the repeat of this show as well as, uh, four past shows by going to edhoffman.net, click on listen to the main event which is right about by the apply now button which uh by the time you hear this might be on the top of the page again um but i think it was down on the bottom of the page because we had our push-ups for charity thing there and my guy that i had doing my website's been ill but i think i have one of the other guys take care of it um but it's down at the bottom and um uh, click listen to the main event you can hear this this show as well as four past shows or you can go on to uh, uh itunes and you can get the podcast whether you uh whether you've got an iphone or a android you know people with androids don't know you can get itunes apparently because i've talked to a few people i say hey they go how do i get your show do you have an iphone no i have an android well go to your apps and download iTunes for Android, and uh, then you can go to iTunes and you can just search Ed Hoffman or search the main event, and you could see my podcast and you could subscribe for free. It'll download once a week. It's free, and uh, you could listen in your car, or on your on your computer, or in your uh, you know when your wife's asleep, and uh, you and you can't fall asleep. You could just plug in your earphones and. You know, however you want to do it, whenever you want to do it. You can also, if you don't want to listen for the weekend, follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about current week, current events all week long. Like our show on Facebook, uh, the main event 590, to find our show page. Also read my weekly opinion columns uh, on IE Business Daily. Click the opinion tab. Uh, this week's column is about uh, uh, how's everything going to Black Lives Matter. Matter. Anyway, I I got on a rant when I wrote that one, and uh, but that was a couple of days ago, and I don't even. I don't even remember all of it, but we're going to talk about talk about some more. I know I could tell you this. I get on a rant. I start typing. I get on a rant. I start talking. But what I believe is what I believe. You don't have to worry about, uh, you know what? Who's writing that stuff for him? You know what? If you hear me, unlike, unlike our president, who isn't really sure what to say until somebody writes it and loads it in his teleprompter, what I'm saying is coming from the heart. So, uh, Black Lives Matter, let's talk about, uh, the last week I started talking about the, uh, right, because it j had just happened. I record Friday mornings, and uh, Thursday night there was the uh, the massacre attack on Dallas where uh, you had the two guys, the two guys that were, uh, that were killed by police officers, and as I understand it, they weren't even white police officers, they were Hispanic police officers or Asian police officers, but they did have white skin and they shot two black guys. And uh, so the Black Lives Matter people uh, went crazy and uh, had a big shooting. And that was Thursday night, Friday morning when I recorded, I said, hey, I don't really know any of the details, but this is what happened. And, and uh, you know, I, I didn't mention, I started getting emails after my, 
after my show ran Saturday morning from people that listen that to update me to make sure that I'd heard the stuff that had come out afterwards, which I did. So I'm going to fill you in. So in the week of the police altercations that led to the police shooting uh, on Thursday, um, in the shooting de- that led to the police shooting deaths of Alton Sterling in Baton Rouge and Philandro Castile in St. St. Paul, Black Lives Matter protests are happening in cities across the U.S. again. Uh, and as you all know by now, African-American Marine sniper uh, shot five Five uh, Dallas police officers dead last week at a protest at the memorials for uh, those five police officers. President Obama surprisingly managed to start out like a president. These men and their families shared a commitment to something larger than themselves. They weren't looking for their names to be up in lights. They tell you the pay was decent, but wouldn't make you rich. They could have told you about the stress and long shifts. They'd probably agree with Chief Brown when he said that cops don't expect to hear the words thank you very often, especially from those who need them the most. Yeah, but of course it only took a few minutes till he had the gall to use this memorial service. Remember, this is a memorial service for five cops, police officers that put their lives on the line every day to protect us that some looney tune black guy that decided that he's going to that the that the black people get get killed by white officers because of their color and uh put no put no value on the on the lives of the police remember these police guys and I played that that video about uh dear officer I see you I played at the end of last week's show remember these guys are humans they have wives, they have kids that when they go off to work, when they go off to work, they say, I'll see you, I'll see you tonight, honey, or I'll see you at the end of my shift, honey. And they kiss their kids and they hug their wives and and that family expects that guy to come home. So Obama had the gall to bring race into the eulogy. Race relations have improved dramatically in my lifetime. Those who deny it, are dishonoring the struggles that helped us achieve that progress. But we know, but but America, we know that bias remains, although most of us do our best to guard against it and teach our children better. None of us is entirely innocent. No institution is entirely immune. And that includes our police departments. Does that anger you? That's our that's our president. That's maybe your president, not my president. I never call him President Obama. I call him Barack Hussein Obama because I don't give him the, the respect because he doesn't deserve the respect. He's an insect. He's an insect. I don't you know if if you're not black or you're not Muslim, he's not your president. And if it wasn't bad enough, he even tried to make the memorial for these officers about Black Lives Matter and Alton Sterling himself. These protests, I see them, they can be messy. Sometimes they can be hijacked by an irresponsible few. But even those who dislike the phrase Black Lives Matter, surely we should be able to hear the pain of Alton Sterling's family. Oh, boo-hoo. Boo-hoo. 
You know, and uh, you know what? I'm going to, I put it in here to put in my notes to bring up the truth. And after a couple more, couple more clips here, but you know, boo hoo, you hear uh, uh, Chief Brown, who he refers to, Chief Brown, Chief of Police, uh, black cop, um, Chief of Police there that talks about his guys, his guys are human and they're out there, they're scared. And, uh, and I'm going to talk about, well, let me, let me, uh, let me play, you know, I'm going to talk about that right now. Uh, Megan Kelly had a, uh, had a, uh, a racial summit on her with uh, that included some black lives activists uh from chicago and uh and let me play one clip that this this one lady says we need to abolish the police period disarm the police abolish the police disarm the police you know i think maybe they should in chicago where this lady lives and you know and and at some point at some point she goes uh, she goes, uh, Chief Brown said, my cops are, are scared. You can't be scared when you're a cop. You know what? I don't care if you're a cop with body armor and, uh, and, uh, six guns in your belt. You know what? 25 to one is an, imp- is impossible odds in a, in a situation like that. When you're in, you know, it might be, it might be okay if you're, uh, if you're the, if you're the samurai fighting against the Japanese army in the, in the, uh, in the uh, the the last samurai movie, or you know when the when the British came in the in the American Revolution and they had they were outnumbered and I don't remember all, all the details of the story, so I won't try to tell any details of it. But you know, hey, burn burn your burn your ships so you have nowhere to where to go back, and let's uh, let's uh, face this that we're outnumbered. When you're in a big area like that in Dallas, if you saw the videos, you know, there's people everywhere and the cops are in between them trying to keep people safe. And this guy's shooting at him with a, with a a sniper rifle. You can't, I mean, they have to be brave. They have to be courageous, but you don't think they're scared. No. And if, and if they rush them, it's kind of like what Ben Carson said when that guy went into the school, Hey, you know what? If somebody would have rushed this guy, instead of killing all these people, maybe one person would have got shot. Maybe no people would have got shot. Someone might have got hurt. Maybe nobody got killed. But at least it should. You had a whole bunch of people and one guy with a gun. You know, you could have rushed him. You can't do that in that situation. And the cops don't have the option, the option to uh, to uh, to shoot back. You know, it's I don't know if that's really a, a good parallel, but uh, think about these cops. They're police. They're not allowed to be scared when they're police. Ridiculous. No, uh, one panelist with common sense was a civil rights activist, Joe Hicks, who criticized Black Lives Matter for ignoring black on black crime because they only care when white people kill blacks because black lives only matter when white guys when white guys kill them. I mean, white cops kill them. I'm sorry. Including, you know, and he brought up the deadly liquor store shooting here in the Inland Empire last week. Last week, three people were walking out of the liquor store in San Bernardino. People are familiar with San Bernardino because that's where the massacre took place. Mm-hmm. Three, two black men and a nine-year-old boy walking out of a liquor store, mowed down by a black suspect. Where was Black Lives Matter? Did you guys mobilize in San Bernardino? Yeah, you know, he's, he's completely right. Black Lives Matter is about one thing and one thing only. In 
case you can't understand it, it's to understand that that's when they were walking across, I think it was uh, one of the bridges in New York or New Jersey. And what do we want? Dead cops. When do we want them now? You know what? I went to a leadership seminar this week and they were talking about making choice, making uh, making decisions. And uh, they used an acronym called ARDA, A-R-D-A, Awareness, Reasoning, Decision, Action. Talking about, hey, you become aware of a problem. Then you, in your mind, you reason, what are your options to take care of this problem? And then you come to a decision. And then there's a, there's a, there's a, a gap between decision and acting on it that they teach you as leaders to give yourself a gap to think about it. You know, you get, you get angry, you type out a nasty, a nasty gram on your email before you, before you click send, take a deep cleansing breath, walk out of the room, come back, reread it again, or maybe let it sit overnight. You know, before you put something in writing that you're, you're not going to be able to take back, give yourself a gap of time to think about what are the, what are the reasons? Do you think if other people did that, if the Black Lives Matter movement, including Barack Obama, who appears to support it, if they would have just taken a, taken a moment to step back and do some... Re- hey, before we start shooting cops, let's find out the story. And before we kill five, five cops and put 12 others or seven others in the, in the hospital, um, and not to mention the, the civilians that got hit, let's find out the truth. So let's find out the truth. So these two guys that got shot, one of them in Baton Rouge is a guy named, uh, it's, uh, that's uh, Alton, Alton, whatever his name is. I wasn't too concerned about it at the time. Alton Sterling. Um, he apparently was uh, outside of some, some uh, convenience store and he's selling bootleg CDs, and, uh, which are illegal for one thing. But uh, the reason that somebody called the cops is because some homeless guy came up to him and he pulled a gun on him and pointed a gun at him. So the homeless guy or the guy inside the store calls the police because, hey, there's a guy out here selling illegal CDs and he's got a gun and he pointed at some homeless guy that came around him. So the police came out and whatever whatever the details are, it doesn't matter. Um, there became a scuffle and uh, as, uh, as Alton Sterling is trying to get his gun, he gets shot. Guess what? This guy wasn't legal to have a gun and... He's pointing at people. And you know, when the cops come over and talk to you, you're doing something illegal. Hey, you know what? Don't pull a gun on him unless you want to get killed. The other guy in, uh, in I think it was St. Paul, Minnesota. His name was Castile uh, Philandro. Philandro Castile. This guy had a concealed carry, although uh, one website said he didn't. Um... Uh, he he uh, got got pulled over because he matched he matched the uh, description of someone who was who was uh, wanted for armed robbery, and seeing the picture, I don't know the guy's wearing a hat and sunglasses. I can't tell if it's the same guy, but he he matched matched the description. They pulled him over. They pulled him over. He had a uh, he had a gun. Uh, I've seen uh, one accounting saying it was sitting in his lap. And uh, one said he he had it. He told him he was legal to carry a gun. The cop said, "Don't move." The guy reached for said he was reaching for his wallet. The gun was in plain sight. The cop reacted to the presence of a gun and shot him in the arm. Okay, good shot, Officer Yanez. I think it was. 
I got notes all over the place. Officer Yanez, a Hispanic guy. He was reacting. Guess what? Officer Yanez has a family too. He wants to get he wants to get home. Don't move. I've got a concealed carry. I went to the class. The class said, hey, you know what? If you get pulled over by the cops, you don't necessarily have to tell them that you're carrying. But if if your gun is on your back back uh, hip and he asks for your license and your license is in your wallet and it's in your back pocket, tell him. Because when they're over on the right side of your car or on the left side, but if they're typically, especially on the freeway, they come over to the right side, you're going to reach in your back pocket, you're going to expose your, your firearm, and they're going to panic. And when people panic because they're scared because they see someone else with a gun, they panic and people get shot. If your gun's in your glove compartment and your registration's in your glove compartment, tell them before you open that glove compartment. You know, it's common sense, folks. If you're if you're legal to carry a gun and you're and you're and you're legal and you're and you've gone through a background check, you're probably a good citizen and you should have the right to do that. Just recognize when the cops pull you over, they're doing their job. Just tell them, because they tell you in concealed carry class, hey, this is a death death uh, tool. They only invented handguns to kill people. Okay, other than target practice, so you can get good at killing people before you pull it. You know what? I don't want to kill anybody, but if it's going to come down to someone trying to kill me, I'm going to, I'm going to hopefully shoot first. So if you're, if you're stupid enough not to understand that, then you shouldn't have that legal right. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have a concealed carry. So think about that. What if that story had come out before that guy got his sniper rifle and started to shoot people? Awareness, reason, Decision, action. Hey, I'm aware there's a problem. Let's think about this. Let's make a decision. Let's get the let's let's think about this before we actually pull the trigger on uh, no pun intended on on what I decided I need to do. You know, it's 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 ugly. It's ugly. You know, it, and uh, and Obama had the gall to bring that up at the at the uh, at the uh, funeral, the memorial service for the cops. You know what? Something's wrong. I got I got the clock down the the countdown clock in my office of how how much longer we have till Obama's out of office. I hope our country survives that long. So talking about uh, getting our next president Friday morning, which is this morning, this morning for me, it's yesterday morning if you're hearing on the radio. Um, Republican just right right before the Republican convention up coming up, Donald Trump picked his running mate. Indiana Governor Mike Pence, who is rumored to be the prime contender after all week after Trump said this on it at his Indiana rally. I often joke, you'll be calling up Mike Pence. I don't know whether he's going to be your governor or your vice president. Who the hell knows? Yeah, and uh, even so, Trump was still willing to discuss the other two contenders the day before, uh, as of Wednesday. Gingrich is coming in today to see me here. We're waiting around, and then I'm going out to San Diego where we have a big fundraiser for the Republican Party, the RNC. Uh, who so is, by the way, down to two? Uh, no, I, I tell you, Chris Christie is somebody I've liked a long time. He's a total professional. He's a good guy, by the way. A lot of people don't understand that, but. Uh, I'm narrowing it down. I mean, I'm, I'm at three, potentially four, but in my own mind, I probably am thinking about two. He, uh, that was, he was, was going to say two. I'm probably thinking about two. No, but Friday morning, he announced his Pence was his pick, and uh, let me uh, play his, his announcement. 
Here it is right here. He did it on Twitter, so I couldn't play it for you. I'm pleased to announce that I have chosen Governor Michael Pence, Governor Mike Pence, as my vice presidential running mate. News conference tomorrow at 11 a.m., which is today, which is 11 a.m., I assume, in New York, which means 8 o'clock uh, our time. So you probably already heard about, heard his, uh, heard his uh, news conference, and that's the problem with recorded radio that I record the day before. I used to record like early in the week. Now I record on Friday, so at least I'm that close, as close as we can to being up to date. So, uh, so uh, that's where our running mate is. And you know, I wanted Gingrich, but on the at the at the same time, I think Gingrich is the smartest guy in politics. But you know, after the election, the vice president really doesn't do anything but break ties in the Senate and say stupid stuff. Um, Gingrich, I think, would be much better as chief of staff, actually advising Trump all the time. So anyway, I know you guys have your uh, have your opinions. Go ahead and send them to me if you want. But hey, he picked Mike Pence, so let's hope for the best. I'm out of time for part one of the main event, folks. Stay tuned for five minutes of commercials and weather and traffic, and I'll be right back with part two. Don't go away. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. You know what I figured out is that uh, if I talk real estate and loans, you guys get bored unless you're in the market for real estate or loans. So I talk to you about what's going on in the world and my opinion of it. And uh, if you say, if you hear something that sounds like common sense and you need a, you need to refinance, which most of you probably, then call me toll free at 855-640-2020, 855-640-2020. And uh, I'll help you out with some financing. Uh, it's a guy you, that thinks like you and you can trust and uh, we will dial you in and we'll close you fast. So uh, let's talk about what happened. What happened after after? Uh, uh, let's see. We got the vice presidential pick. Oh, Ginsburg, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I think she's about 103 years old. But you know that Supreme Court thing is a is a lifetime appointment. And I think at the time when they came up with that rule, that people weren't living quite to 103. And uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. You know, you see pictures of of her at like at the. Uh, at the uh, State of the Union where you got all the Supreme Court justices sitting together. And it looks like she's asleep to me. You know, just some old lady. She kind of nodded off. I think the Supreme Court uh, justice thing is kind of a part-time gig. And, uh, you know, they bring stuff home and read it. And they, they go in they go in and make, make decisions here and there. It's not like, it's not like a 40-hour-a-week job. Um, but, you know, this lady's probably a little too old to be there. Uh, so she disgraced the court this week when she violated protocol by speaking out on a presidential candidate. You know, the, you know, that, that lady justice thing, the symbol of law is, you know, blindfolded, supposed to be blind to race, creed, color, religion, all that stuff. It's just supposed to be the fairness of the laws. But, uh, and then she speaks out on the candidate and guess which one it was Donald Trump. He's a faker. Ginsburg told CNN legal analyst and Supreme court biographer. He has no consistency about him. He says whatever comes into his head at the moment, which basically means he speaks what he really feels. He really has an ego, which about every guy who's ever accomplished anything has. Okay. How's he gotten away with not turning over his tax returns? Guess what? Nobody would understand his tax returns, and it's just a way for the media to influence the IRS while he's going through an audit. The press seems to be very gentle on him with that. Ginsburg also remarked that she and her husband would have to move to New Zealand if Trump got elected. You know what? Let's talk about ego a second since Ginsburg brought it up. You know what? 
Anybody who's ever accomplished something has an ego. I don't know if you sense that I have one. Let's talk about how I do loans. I'm the best. There's nobody that gets, I built my reputation doing loans that no one else could get done. When people said it couldn't be done in less than 30 days, I got them done in 20 days. When people say I couldn't get it done like that, you know, legally, I think the fastest we're allowed to do them now is 12 days. And if I need to get one done in 12 days, I can get it done in 12 days. I can make that happen. I can't probably do them all that fast because we've got a big company and we do a lot of loans, but, uh, but I can make those happen when I need to because I'm good at this. I know, I know the guidelines and I know how to make them work. Okay. My wife makes a comment to me about uh, my son, who's also a loan officer, about, hey, he's getting a little bit of an ego. I said, you're talking about him? You should come into our office a little bit more often and see some of the guys in my office. They can't hardly get in out of their out of their offices. Their head's so big. You know what? Because they're 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 they worked hard. They're producing a lot of business. They're making great money. They're doing good things, and they feel good about it. You know what? Donald Trump has created a whole bunch of jobs. He's accomplished a lot of things all over the world. He should feel good about it. He should have an ego. You know what? Barack Obama, on the other hand, has never done squat ever. He's got a big ego. Why? Because he can read a teleprompter and and read a, read a speech that somebody else wrote with a passionate voice. And people think he's good looking. I personally like women, so I don't think he's good looking. But you know what? He's... He's so, he's so dynamic. He's got a big ego for nothing. He's never accomplished anything for anybody. Oh, but look at Obamacare. The only people that think Obamacare has done anything good for America has not had to have health care. Because I can tell you story, I could use up a whole hour or two telling stories about health care problems in the health care system now that I know personally from myself, my wife, or our family that we've dealt with in the last few years. It's not good. So anyway, getting back to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, naturally Trump called her out on her her out of line remarks. Here he is with Fox Fox's Brett Bear. For her to come out and to say the kind of things there's almost something wrong with her. I don't think anybody has ever seen that before. So are you questioning her mental capacity or Yeah, I think I am. Yeah, I would uh I would I don't know that I'd question her mental capacity, but maybe she doesn't remember. You know what? Think about this. You know, you, you talk to an attorney. If you've ever talked to talk to an attorney, and if you're listening to this show, you're a conservative, you probably had some opportunities. You're probably not a millennial. So you had some uh, time to have to deal with an attorney for one reason or another. My attorney is a friend of mine. Uh, it started out as my attorney, but we've been he's been my attorney for a long time. So he tells me, and sometimes he just says, Ed, I can't talk to you about that. Or Ed, we can't have this conversation. Or, you know, and he he talk and he tells me what he wants me to he tells me what he what he wants wants me to know without coming out and saying it. And especially not on an email. Okay? Because he's got sense. He understands what being a lawyer is. Ginsburg maybe isn't having a mental capacity problem, but maybe she just lost her edge because she's old. Maybe at some point in your life. You get to a you get to a point where you just hey it doesn't mean she's not capable of being a person maybe she still have a good life she's probably still smart but maybe she just lost her edge that being one of the nine people that decides decides uh, legal top top level legal uh, opinions in this country maybe we should keep that to the the razor sharp really smart people so uh, really smart and still razor sharp.
And I mean, you know, quick thinking, understands, catches things, doesn't just read things on the surface and and start their afternoon nap in the middle of a paragraph. So uh, somebody obviously told Ginsburg to face the music because she released this statement to the media on Thursday. Here's Fox's Carl Cameron reading it. On reflection, my recent remarks in response to press inquiries were ill-advised, and I regret making them. Judges should avoid commenting on a candidate for public office. In the future, I will be more circumspect. Yeah, I think she meant to say, oops, can we have a do-over? Uh, no. You know, uh, I don't think so. I don't think it works like that. It's kind of like when, uh, it's kind of like when, when trial judges bring something up and they say, ah, wait, 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 strike that from the record. The jurors still heard it. They still know the jurors are instructed to ignore that comment. Should have used that comment. I should have used that clip from, uh, the opening statement in my cousin Vinny, but uh, Salem radio won't let me play that. The prosecutor's opening statement is all anyway. You guys, you guys have all seen the movie. You know what I was going to say. You're all laughing inside. So uh, anyway, there's that's my opinion on Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Let's go on to uh, another another senile old guy, Bernie Sanders. You know, after getting millions of Democrats excited about his candidacy because he's going to give us free college and we're going to tax the hell out of the rich and things are just going to be free. It's going to be fair. It's going to be great. Uh, so he got everybody excited about that past year, successfully turning them against Hillary Clinton. Realized he won 22 states. He won 20. Here's, this guy's a, a 74-year-old Democrat socialist. He's admitted he's a communist. Okay, let me remind, remind everybody about my communist test. Here's the, here's the definition of socialism. You own two cows. The government comes in and takes one of yours and gives it to your neighbor. Communism is, oh, they give it to your neighbor and you get, how do I do this? Give them to your neighbor. One of them you get a, oh, communism is they take both your cows and you get a half a, half a cup of milk. And then capitalism is you sell one of your cows and buy a bull. So uh, that's, the, that's my socialism, capital, uh, socialism, communism, and capitalism test so uh so you can know the difference so here's a guy who's old remember when we had mccain in there i think he was 71 they said he was too old to be president that guy's old he's not gonna live out his his first term two terms later he's still in there right running for senate he probably won't win i from what i see but uh he's running again and he still seems to be coherent but we got obama instead so he gets everybody excited and uh now like uh after he's turned him against uh, Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders has shown his followers he's like all the other politicians and he's endorsing her. So let's play to a couple of uh, Bernie's claims when he was running against her about not being qualified and then back to back his comments earlier this week. I don't think that you are qualified if you get $15 million from Wall Street through your super PAC. Hillary Clinton knows that something is fundamentally wrong. When the very rich become richer. I don't think you are qualified if you have voted for the disastrous war in Iraq. Hillary Clinton will make an outstanding president. Can you say two-faced? And I mean, I understand. I understand they say things when they're trying to, you know, beat them. So I, I take a little bit of that. But you know what? I just don't think it's sincere. I don't think those two are on the same page. 
And uh, if Bernie Sanders really, you know, hey, well, I don't want to hear about your damn emails. You know what? Uh, that guy's not all there either. So you can't really believe much anything that comes out of his mouth. And if you watched it on TV, you could see Hillary just standing there. You know, Bernie didn't even acknowledge she was standing next to him. He just was having one of his speeches. You know, he's 74. He's never had the pot. You know, he's he's from, uh, I think, Vermont, right? He's a senator from Vermont. That state's about as big as uh, my neighborhood. And, uh, and uh, well, maybe Moreno Valley. It's not very big. And uh, and he's never had, he's never been in the spotlight till he decided to run for president. I think he thought it was kind of just a little fringe thing to to have some fun and all of a sudden it caught, it caught on and he's having the time of his life not working uh, at being a senator and traveling around the country and having all these kids. Hey, I'm 74 and all these young 20-year-olds and 18-year-olds are cheering for me. Woohoo! This is cool. So uh, he's out there and then he forgot, he forgot what it was about. He just wanted to have one more speech. We'll be in the spotlight one more time. And Hillary stayed up there like, okay, hurry up, old man, get off so I can so I can get on. Of course, she's only about uh five years younger than him. Um, so she's not she's no young spring chicken either. Um, but here's what uh here's what Bernie said about Trump during his endorsement. He believes that states should have the right to lower the minimum wage or even abolish the concept of the minimum wage. If Donald Trump is elected, we will see no increase in the federal minimum wage of $7.25 an hour, a starvation wage. Guess what? The minimum wage is there for high school kids. Hello? It's not supposed to be a living wage. If you're an adult and you're doing a job that an adult can do, you can make money. You can make money that's higher than that. Minimum wage of $7.25. I don't think, I can't remember the last time we paid anybody minimum wage at my office because if you're only if you're only worthy of $7.25 an hour, which of course in California, I think the minimum wage is what, 11 now? It's 11 or 12. It goes up to 15 in two years or, I don't know, it, it, it's higher than that. But if that's what you're worth, I'm not going to have you working at my company because my pe- people come into my office to do transactions on their house and that's important and you need to have a little bit be a little bit more grown up than that and if you're going to wear my uniform represent my company doesn't mean we don't hire hire people with with uh with no experience for various for various stuff but i'm going to pile responsibility on them and i'm going to pay them okay but bernie bernie sanders doesn't understand how capitalism works cuz if you're good at what you do people will hire you They'll give you jobs. And if somebody, if I got somebody who's really good, even at receptionist, if I got somebody, somebody, someone's going to come in and go, wow, you're, you really have an outgoing personality. And next thing you know, they get hired by one of my customers. Or if I notice, I move them somewhere else or someone in my company does. Okay. That's how it works, folks. That's not just wholesale capital. That's everywhere. You go out there and, and be all you can be until you get the next promotion, next promotion, or somebody comes along and hires you for something else. How many people have been working as a waiter or a busboy or something at a restaurant and someone offered them a job? Man, you're working hard. You want to make some more money? When I was in high school, I was doing bussing tables and stuff, and people would ask that. 
And I've, uh, and I've made offers to people for jobs in various sales positions over the years myself. So, but that's how it works. And, uh, you know, Bernie isn't the only one throwing away their principles to help out Hillary Clinton this week. Attorney General Loretta Lynch testified before Congress on the emails. And if this didn't throw, if this didn't cause you to think that America is gone, nothing will, or you just didn't pay attention to it. then this is the attorney general. She somehow managed to avoid answering a single question. Uh, and here's what, here's what people are willing to do to protect Hillary Clinton. As Attorney General, it would be inappropriate for me to comment further on the underlying facts of the investigation. I would have to refer you to Director Comey's statements. Again, I would refer you to Director Comey. Uh, to answer further would require a discussion of the facts, which, as I've indicated, I'm not in a position to provide. Your refusal to yes. answer questions regarding one of the most important investigations of someone who seeks to serve in the highest office in this land is an abdication of your responsibility. Yeah, and this is such BS. I wish I could say the words because I'm that mad when I see this. You know, uh, Director Comey, head of the FBI, says, hey, you know what? I don't decide who to prosecute or not. I just make my recommendations. And then uh, Loretta Lynch says, well, you have to refer back to, to, direct, to Director Comey about his investigation. Guess what? You're the attorney general. You're the you're the highest i mean other than the other than the supreme court who interprets the laws you're the highest you're the highest law enforcer in the land i would think that someone who got that position and i thought and i thought when she said i realized the optics of this meeting with uh, bill clinton were bad i really thought for a second there that she's going to say hey you know what i don't care about i'm friends with bill, bill clinton or friends with barack obama I don't want to. I don't want to violate that friendship. I thought she was. I thought. I kind of thought she said, "Hey, you know what? I realize the optics. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna sway the decision of the, of the director. You know what? I thought she had some backbone. Apparently not. There's no backbone in this government. This is how. This is how Trump's gonna win. Which I'm happy about, because there is something wrong in this country, folks. There's something very, very wrong. Let's talk about let's 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 go on to the subject of the day was the terrorist attack in uh, in uh, Nice, France, which is somewhere in the lower western part of France, I guess, the Basque area, which my wife said, hey, that's in Basque country, B-A-S-Q-U-E. I said, oh, what does that mean exactly? She's that French and Spanish. I said, I don't know. I know they eat a lot of courses because we went to a Basque restaurant when we were when I was arm wrestling. We were in Reno. Uh, for an arm wrestling tournament, and we went to a Basque restaurant, and I think we had about 15 courses. I was full after three, but we kept eating anyway because that's just how I am. You put it in front of me, I'll eat it. So, uh, so, um, so this this Muslim, I, I don't think uh, at the time ISIS or Al Qaeda has has taken responsibility, but they're cheering this guy on. Drove a big truck, a two and a half ton or a five ton truck. No, two and a half ton truck, five thousand pound truck, full of explosives and guns, and uh, drove really slowly up to uh, this organ, this uh, celebration of Bastille Day, which is like Fourth of July for us. So in France, that's like Fourth of July, Bastille Day, and uh, there's there's thousands and thousands of people there, and then just gets close to the crowd and guns it, and uh, at the moment of recording, the death toll is eighty four people. 84 people. They just, and just swerved to get as many people as he could. And this is this is how it is, folks. You have to start thinking about where you take your kids now. Because we've 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 ignored 
the facts about what's going on about Islamic terrorism in this in this country and in this world. And of course, Obama's bringing in ten thousand Syrian refugees, and we don't know who they are. But this is just the right thing to do. It's who we are. We need to get rid of a large portion of our government, folks. Let me play uh, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, who was one of the guys that was uh, uh, in the military, was part of Obama's, uh, uh, like the CIA of the military, as far as uh, as far as terrorism. Obama hasn't met with him one time. He was also a consideration. He's a Democrat. He was a consideration for vice president for Donald Trump. Let me play a little piece of his rant. We have got to take the Arab Muslim world to task, the leaders in this world. That's who I want to see uh, get up on the net tonight, get up on, the, on their soapbox, like I'm on my soapbox right now, and condemn this madness. I mean, it's happening and it's crazy, mm -hmm. and we cannot continue to have this. The ideology inside of this Islamic world it's just, it just cannot exist yeah. like this. And frankly, I'm sick of, of having the, you know, just the Europeans and, and frankly, our own, uh, you know, leaders, you know, condemn it, even though our own president, I mean, I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm done trying to convince our president to actually define this enemy. We know what it is. It's radical Islamic terrorism. They are vicious. They're barbaric. They are on the march. We still, and I, I keep harping back to what has happened in our country, in Orlando, in San Bernardino. I mean, people forget about 9-11. We, we in this country, we in this country, we can't think past Saturday night. We have got to start thinking much more strategically yeah. in this country. And we are, fa I'm serious. The only thing better than that rant was later in the show, Newt Gingrich. Test every person from here who's, who is of a Muslim background, and if they believe in Sharia, they should be deported. Sharia is incompatible with Western civilization. Modern Muslims who have given up Sharia, glad to have them as citizens, perfectly happy to have them next door. But we need to be fairly relentless about defining who our enemies are. Anybody who goes on a website favoring ISIS uh, or Al-Qaeda or other terrorist groups, that should be a felony and they should go to jail. Any organization which hosts such a website should be engaged in a felony. It should be closed down immediately. Our forces should be used to systematically destroy every Internet-based source. And frankly, if we can't destroy them through the Internet, we should destroy them with kinetic power, using various weapons, starting with predators, uh, and, and just frankly just killing them. Uh, I am sick and tired of being told that the wealthiest, most powerful civilization in history, all of Western civilization, is helpless in the face of a group of medieval barbarians who, for example, recently burned 20 young women to death, burned them to death because they wouldn't have sex with them. A group which beheaded recently in the Philippines two Canadian businessmen. And we're told to be reasonable, to be passive, to not judge. Well, I just want to tell you tonight, everybody who watches this video, this is the fault of Western elites who lack the guts to do what is right, to do what is necessary, and to tell us the truth, and that starts with Barack Obama. Exactly. I love I love the way Newt tells it like it is. I heard he got in trouble for being as uh, as straightforward as he as he was. O'Reilly had Trump and Clinton on to make comments. Let's see if I can get them both in in the time I have. If it's a world war then you have to mobilize NATO. You have to get all the NATO countries to say, we are going to commit forces, both ground and air, to wipe ISIS off the face of the earth. Right. Do you not? Do you know? I it? would say that would be just fine, and I've been saying it. We should use NATO for its, 
for a for a purpose. I mean, we're spending a fortune on NATO. We have countries in NATO that don't make a fair contribution. We're supporting NATO, and we should at least get something out of it. And getting rid of ISIS and getting rid of this cancer that we're watching all over the world, that certainly would be a good thing, all right. a good thing for NATO to be involved in. Would you go to Congress and ask for a declaration of war? I would. I would. This is war. If you look at it, this is war coming from all different parts. And frankly, it's war and we're dealing without, with people without uniforms. You know, in the old days would have uniforms. You knew what you were fighting. These people were allowing people into our country who we have no idea where they are, where they're from, who they are. They have no paperwork. They have no documentation in many cases. And Hillary Clinton wants to allow 550 percent more in than even Obama. And he's letting him in by the thousands. Okay. He's out of control. And then, and then Hillary Clinton came on and she gave this weak answer to the same question. I think it's uh, important to stress uh, that our uh, alliance with France is so strong and it's uh, it's terrible that France has faced too much tragedy and violence, and we need to stand strongly with them because events like this remind us how vital, vital it is in every way not to abandon them. We need to strengthen our alliances, and I include NATO in that. Uh, we've got to do more uh, to understand that this is uh, a war uh, against uh, these terrorist groups, the radical jihadist groups. It's a different kind of war. We need to be smart about how we wage it, but we have to be determined that we're going to win it. Absolutely. And that's going to require working with other people. Can you say the same old crap? You know what? Hillary Clinton is lost. All her, all her answers haven't worked the last eight years, four of which she was Secretary of State. Anyway, I'm out of time for this, uh, this episode of the main event. Guys, listen to this. Think about it. we got four months left. Thanks for listening to the main event. I'll be back again with you next week.